Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I'm joined with my two returning co-hosts, James Bunkle and Paul Flinders. Say hello to the internet. Hello, hello to the internet. internet. I think we said that at the same time. <laughs> Shows you guys are starting on the same page. Nice little bit of harmony. <laughs> Party unity back again. We're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. They will be reprising their roles as Rogar, the part ghoul, part dragonborn, part paladin, part sorcerer, and Barris, returning to us, the eldritch knight, and half-elf. And, uh, well, I had a good time last week. (laughs) (laughs) I I did as (laughs) Egrock. Yeah, Egrock had a great time. Oh, he loved it. He 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 uh, got his own back. Yeah, small measure of revenge for our uh, ghoulish commander. Mm. It's, uh, I I mean, I suppose I should cover what uh, happened last week. I mean, I you know, I, I reflect on these things afterwards, and I think to myself, you know what? I'm such a nice DM. <laughs> <laughs> kind well, and thoughtful. <laughs> no, no PCs died last week, I guess. No, no, no. Everyone's fine. Totally, totally fine. Well, we're breathing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, last week, Rogar, Erok, Corin Bess, and Meatbone took on Dr. Nick. And you won! Yay! You did it! Congratulations! You thwarted his uh, plans of planar domination. You killed him. And seemingly, from walking around the palace, have disrupted some sort of control over the reanimated ghouls, so they're at least not a threat right now. All in all, 100% successful trip. Well done. Yay. Yay. And then you found Varys. Oh. Oh dear. Yeah. Seems seems the good doctor had been uh, practicing his surgical skills on the, uh, the poor lad. When I say lad, you got aged 40 years a while ago. Really, I could just start doing a tally of all the bad shit that's happened to Varys and Sarnath. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot. It's yeah, it's it's to say it would be a shower of shit would be an understatement. <laughs> a a, a torrid time. Yes. Oh. Well, that's the that's the joy of the DD roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you put brick walls on the track. Well, I mean I have to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you you found Varys in his uh, state. It seems he was being used to essentially power the machine that was connecting the Dreamlands to the material plane, using uh, the blood of someone from the material to kind of make that that planar leap. Doctor Nick, crazed aberration though he may have been, certainly knew his stuff, and Varys was just the right battery. And and you don't know whether it was necessary or whether he just did it out of a sheer act of vindictive cruelty, but he removed one of Varys's arms and both of his eyes. And Rogar, seeing his mm, friend might be a strong word, but at least ally in this uh, battle against the forces of Sarnath, seeing him in such a state, you thought, well, maybe if I put him out of his misery, he'll reappear. Maybe his eyes and arms will be returned. That was so the he, idea. So you did the deed. Faris disappeared. 
you don't know where he's gone. Can't be too far away. I mean, we've said before this is a very big lab, and if he's not appeared in the lab, he must be somewhere nearby, unless he's teleported up somewhere. But uh, he didn't appear, and you don't know what's happened to him. But Varys, Varys woke up in another room, and he is not feeling great. And currently, he can't see and can't really feel his way around very well because he's not familiar with this place. And all in all, in one hell of a bad state. Yeah, that's yeah, not good for for Varys. Hopefully, he's not on the roof. <laughs> Hopefully not. But uh, wherever he is, he has one health and uh, isn't doing great. On the other hand, though, I, th I think we should start with Rogar. So y you do this deed. Yeah. You slice down Varys in his prime, and uh, he disappears. So what, what are you doing next? My my thinking was um, Erok started exploring the room a little bit so he could gather up Varys' stuff. He's happy to go looking to see if anything is intact. I mean, you look around this lab, and the machine that fell did a hell of a lot of damage. Like, you can see broken glass vials and potions and liquids on the floor and areas. Like, you, you know that a lot of damage was done here, and maybe there's not too much to find. But, I mean, Erok's happy to kind of go around and start picking through things. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, at least one at least one of us has to go around and have a, you know, have a scout at the place, try and find Barris's things, try and find, you know, anything useful. I'd also like to see if we can find his arm or his eyes. Um, you can actually see his eyes. They're on a table near this surgical table, and it's like a little um, metal bowl that's containing both of them. Okay. Um, is there any, like, cling film or anything about so I can, like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, sadly not. They're just uh, two little squishy balls. Uh, okay. Um, I apologize, but I'm going to put them in my pocket. Uh, or, it, or either that, or well, I don't really want to put them in the bag of holding because they'll get all smushed in everything else. Um, you know, but maybe I can put them in a pocket or something like that. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not too sure how this works. I mean, you can pop some eyeballs in your pocket if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So you pocket them. Yep. Uh, did we? Did, did we, is his arm around? Um, the arm you don't really see. You do see there is a scattered pile of uh, ghoul bodies and bones. You don't know if it maybe got mixed into that when the machine fell and everything kind of went everywhere. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a shame. Oh, I did forget to mention in my recap, but you also picked up a, a book from Dr. Nick as well, but you hadn't yes. had a chance to read that yet. Yes, I did. Um, well, I say if E Rock's doing like the main searching, looking for things, um. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna suggest to meet that he, you know, maybe has a quick look at the ghoul bodies that are in here, and then maybe head to the uh, the ossuary to have a look, to see if he can see his friend around, uh, since that's why he's here. Mm. Meet uh, nods at that and goes, uh, "Yes, I, I think that is a good idea. I didn't get much chance to look before, but I, I have a feeling this is where I will find my friend, or Jessrick." And he uh, starts he starts picking around the room, and uh, he can start uh, looking through the bodies here while uh, Erok is hunting for stuff. Okay, uh, and then I guess I'll take a look at the book that I got off Dr. Nick. Um, you know, if everybody else is having a search round, I might let uh, Corin Vass have a look as well, if he's still in here. Uh, Corin is still with you at the moment, yeah? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to 
almost share this information, whatever might be in there with him. He seems quite knowledgeable. Hmm. So you, you take out the logbook, and uh, it, it's interesting because parts of this book seem to be acting almost as Dr. Nick's spellbook. You see yeah. some things in here that you don't make a lot of sense to you as a sorcerer, but you, you understand that it's magic. Like, it's the sort of thing that you might see in a scroll, but it's yeah. uh, more personalized. And uh, if you were a wizard, it's the sort of thing you'd be like, ooh, give me that. But uh, yeah. for you, it's more just interesting. Um, Corin does point out a few times that he's written a lot in here around, like, planar travel. You see a few drawings of that mechanical apparatus like Ooh. sketches and uh, design information and stuff that kind of goes over your head, but you can see that he was clearly putting a lot of thought towards it. Interestingly, though, some of the pictures you see are actually quite early in the book, something maybe he'd been thinking about before he even got to Sarnath. Oh, interesting. Um, heading back to his lab, maybe. Yeah, and um, Corin, as he's kind of looking at us, oh, well, um, certainly this... this Man, whoever he was, is uh, was once an expert in uh, planar travel. So, what a what a shame! What's become of him? What a loss of knowledge. Always a sad, always a sad moment. I think. Well, I mean, would you necessarily call it a loss if it's all written in here? Hey, he looks. He goes. Well, I mean, certainly there's some uh, some things to be gleaned from this. I I, I do agree, but. Not having the man who wrote it explain a lot of it would make it quite difficult. Not impossible. Hell, maybe he's even got some students out there you could show it to. <laughs> that, my friend, is a good idea. Mm. Especially since I know where he's from. So, as you kind of move on, though, you, you sort of move away from the pages that are clearly like spells and things, and you start finding... He started using it as some sort of journal, and you can see clearly this began more around the time that he must have arrived in the Dreamlands. And you find a few entries as you're kind of flicking through. Uh, as you get to that point, uh, Meatbone looks over and goes, I'm going to go check the ossuary. I did not find Jessrick here. Okay, well, it's uh, promising. Yeah, so he kind of slinks off. You see Rock's pulling together a bunch of uh, equipment and things into a bag and is about to bring it over to you as well. But you kind of continue reading and you see a few entries that are interesting to you. The first one seems to be about his plane shift ritual. And I must I must admit, I did Varus ever tell Rogar the name of what happened to him and like who was involved? I have a feeling he did. I think he did. I think he did mention a Dr. Nick. He did. So this first entry, Rogar starts to connect a few dots for you. So and as it reads Something interfered with my spell. Of this, I am certain. The risks were always there, but the ritual should have simply done nothing had I miscalculated. I am uncertain who could have possibly worked against me. Varys has no such enemies capable of this act, and mine are long dead. Whatever happened, it was of truly cosmic significance. A ripple flowing through the plains at that exact moment seems insanely unlucky. A god of the jokes for my betrayal, perhaps? Well, if that was the case, then their attempt to kill me failed. I shall rise again. My flesh may have suffered greatly, but in some ways I feel stronger than ever. Mortality never suited me anyway. 
And you see it's written in quite a shaky hand. You remember Dr. Nick's hand had kind of mutated into this sort of claw, and this was clearly an early entry after he changed. He was struggling to sort of pen it down. Mm. And you see some other entries a little bit later as well. But uh, clearly his writing started to improve. And you see a note about Sarnath. I've learned the city was once called Sarnath by its inhabitants. From my explorations, I have yet to see another living soul within these walls, however. At least anything that isn't incorporeal or some sort of deformed aberration. From prior attempts, I must conclude that I am unable to leave. Some great curse affects this place, drains the life force of those who attempt to leave. And he moves on, and seemingly he explored the city quite a bit. And you see a note about the pit. These people appear to have had some peculiar practices. In the center of the city is this preposterously large hole from which, from what little I've been able to glean from the historical accounts I've located in my exploration, appears to have been once used as a sacrificial pit for prisoners they captured from nearby civilizations. From all accounts, these people seem to have celebrated and actually reveled in this barbaric practice. I see no value in such an act, yet it appears to have been important for these Sarnathians to show complete disregard for their foes' lives. Hmm. And then more time seems to have passed, and you see a few more pages with the uh, designs of the reanimated and various little sketches and ideas, and you see a note about resources. I was initially enraged by my capture here. But I have come to realize what an amazing opportunity I have available. The city contains the remains of every citizen who once called Sarnath home. The resources are incredible. Given time, I'm certain I can travel the plains again. Unfortunately, it seems some of my previous capabilities have been weakened since my transformation. But my mind is the same as ever. And what I once perfected with human hands, I will learn to do once more with what I now have at my disposal. And then you see one final note towards the end of the book. It's just labeled, Gate. This palace will serve as an excellent place for my latest and greatest work. The ghosts do not come here, of this I'm certain. I can work here unmolested by their continuous conflict. This place, I am sure now, is the fabled Dreamlands which means the only way back to the material is via a gate. My knowledge of the planes and planar travel is unparalleled. I shall not be denied my return, and when I walk upon my home soil, I shall not be alone. Sarnath has the one resource in abundance that I lacked in the material. Bodies. Okay. He kind of gets into a bit rambly like a madman, but, you know... At least there's some decent information in there about I where we are, but he does not mention the vault, which I was kind of hoping he might do. Yes, you don't see any major references to the vault or anything like that. And yeah, you, you kind of grasp that Nick's mind wasn't entirely as stable as it once was. He clearly starts to go down a bit of a, a rambling um, path of almost close to insanity. Like he's losing himself in this transformation in this place that he's in, but still has that strength of will to want to return and use his magical abilities to do so. Yeah. Um, see, he's got, he's got me worried now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'll see 
if Erock's coming over, I'm going to have a look at what Erock's got and just like explain some of the bits about obviously that you know what he was trying to do here and why here. Mm. I think because obviously we know that the we know that the ghosts don't come this far, which mm-hmm. is which is useful. But he still didn't mention it. Like I say, he didn't because he didn't mention anything about the 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 vault. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> But you could have a recce and look yourself because don't forget when um, when Nick went down, we went down before on your way up to the sea, up to the top, there was them glyphs and stuff like that, wasn't there? That were, yeah, true, they were magical, weren't they? Yeah, and they 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 weren't when he when when we, we defeated him, so there's a possibility that could be the case on the vault. At the same time, it might not be, but without looking, we won't know, yeah, true, true. So, yeah, let's see what Iraq's got and we'll go from there. Mm. So, Iraq comes over to you and he kind of opens a little bag that he's pulled together and goes, I found all of Varus's equipment. At least that's all intact. Lots of things in here were broken, but well, these might be of use to one of you. And he pulls out three rolled up scrolls and hands them to you, Rogar. And then he pulls out a small vial that's still intact. It's got this... um, crimson liquid in it that's sort of pulsing with light, almost a little bit like a heartbeat. Ooh. Can I, like, do an arcana check on it? Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, you and Corin can kind of do an arcana check on all of this, I'd say. It would, you've got a bit of time here to go through things as well, so. Um, he also pulls out pieces of something else, and you look at it, and it, maybe it made some sort of orb, or just like a sphere of some kind, and uh, Erock holds up a few of them and you can see like lots of little sigils and uh, arcane scripture on it. And he goes, I'm not entirely sure what this is, but looked like it might have been important before it got broken. And uh, Corin pulls out his spectacles and kind of gets close and goes, Oh, yes, oh, that's, that's very interesting, Brooks. I wonder if he was using this to um, command all of his weird construct things. Ooh. Would explain why that one upstairs we met wasn't uh, trying to attack us anymore. Maybe they've been at least temporarily disrupted. Mm. Hopefully that means they're all disabled. Uh, what, what would I be able to try and piece it back together? Or would oh, that no, take a it's lot of time? Like, it wouldn't just be piecing it back together. Like The magic is just gone from it. You can't sense anything about this thing anymore. It's now just like broken bits of uh, almost like China. All right, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it's a shame I wouldn't mind uh, having an army full of undead ghouls. Um, <laughs> but uh, I rolled a 22 for my arcana. 22? Yeah. Cool. Um, so going through the things, you do recognize uh, these items. The potion is a potion of vitality. Um, so I'll read this out to you. When you drink this potion, it removes any exhaustion you're suffering and cures any disease or poison affecting you. For the next 24 hours, you regain the maximum number of hit points for any hit die you spend. Oh, wow. That's pretty, that's pretty useful. I'll pocket that. Mm. Uh, the three scrolls are also spells familiar. Well, vaguely familiar to you. You kind of get what they're doing as you kind of pour over these things. And Corrin makes a couple of notes and points, in, points a few uh, little uh, intricacies out to you as you're going through it. And you recognize a scroll of major image a scroll of blight, and a scroll of blur. Okay. So I'm guessing major image is a little bit like minor image, but bigger. Pretty much, yeah. 
Blight and blue. Uh, blight uh, off the top of my head is not going to attack you, like touch someone and they get all blighted and infected and it does, deals a bunch of, I think, necrotic damage based on a constitution save. Blur is a self-buff, which off the top of my head I don't remember, but you can uh, look it up in your own time. Yes, I will do for the next show. Hmm. Uh, That's what you find. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll pocket the scrolls as well because they might be quite useful. Um, and obviously... Corin can't leave, so but yeah, uh, I, I guess at that we're gonna go have a look at the vault. Okay. Well, as you guys get ready to leave, Meatbone is just returning from the os- the from the ossuary, and you see he's got um, meat in his hand that you recognize must have been taken from a ghoul, and he approaches the group of you and goes, "I, I found Jesrick. Seems." This was his fate. Please. And he sort of takes some of the meat and hands some to Erok, who takes it, and then hands some out to you, Rogar. Yeah. He goes, this is the least we can do. Commit him to the feast. And Meatbone starts to just eat the last little bit away. Uh, Yeah, I'll join him in that for sure. And Erok does too. Seems it's uh, something, just like a, a small ritual that they sometimes do. Yeah. And yeah. Erok kind of nods solemnly and goes, I wasn't overly familiar with him, but everyone who served under me was one hell of a warrior. I say, would I get any kind of image or anything from this? Just maybe it's something I can use to comfort me about a bit. Um, if you try focus on it rather than just eating it and letting it pass, it has been a few days, so it meets your kind of requirement. Okay. Um... You do get a brief vision. You see a ghoul and a few other ghouls making their way towards the palace. As they start to approach, they're sort of scouting things out. Yeah. A couple of those shadow-wreathed skeletons come out from a side alley and launch these little darts at them from their fingertips that you've seen them do to you a number of times. But Jesrick gets covered in this weird shadowy fire that initially doesn't seem to hurt him, but the skeleton rushes at him with his scimitar, stabs him, and the fire just explodes, and he takes massive amounts of damage. His flesh is burned, and he sort of falls to the ground and collapses. You know, as I kind of like open my eyes, I'm just going to, you know, say to Meatbone, and uh, I'm just going to say, though you may not take any solace from this, my friend, uh, I can tell you at least it was quick. Meatbone just sort of nods and goes, I had prepared for the worst once we had seen what had gone on here. I am glad he did not suffer. But death is merely another step. That it is. So, with that done, the uh, group of you are going to head over to the vault? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the first place that I'd want to check out. And, you know, if I can't see anything there, it might be worth scouring around the, uh, the parts itself. Mm. So the vault is on this floor, so it doesn't take you too long to go. It's basically just in the opposite direction of the ossuary. And you approach, you see the two ghoul guards that were stood there just look confused. Like, they're still stood at attention, but they don't even seem to recognize you as you walk past them. Like, completely undisguised and not invisible. Yeah. And you walk into the room with the vault and seems entirely unchanged. Motherfucker. Um, shit. 
Well, I'm just looking back at what Nick had said, thinking about the pit. Because I had a, I had a, I had a bad feeling that the king was gonna is gonna have thrown himself in the pit. You know, like to almost to try and get away from what was happening um, all around him. But I don't know, like the way that it's been described by Nick, you know, it seems the only three prisoners down there, not necessarily, you know, not. Well, you would remember that when you were walking towards the town centre, it looks like lots of the townsfolk had started running towards the pit and had died either at the walls or throwing themselves into it. Yeah, and the king and you, could have done that. Whether that was by choice, you don't know. Yeah, bollocks. Oh, it's going to be in the pit, isn't it? Right, I want to, I want to check out the palace, see if we can find it, see if we can find this key, because if the place is, if it's not changed, there's, I can't just teleport into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, we're going to have to look around, see if anything is left intact. It should be quite a quick process. Because Dr. Was, Nick didn't have it. Yeah, I mean, you could always cast Locate Object on the key. That would cover the palace. My only worry with casting Locate Objects is I did it before and it did, and I couldn't see it. But if it's in... If... You're looking for Bokrog's idol, though. Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh. You know what? Yeah, if it, covers the, if it covers the palace, I'll cast Locate Object. I believe it does. It's a thousand feet, right? Yes. So you sort of send... The ping out a thousand feet. Okay, so you can cast oh, wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. I can't cast it. Oh. It's a level you two. Spell. Oh, so you need to. Uh, that's, a, that's a shame. Need a long I, rest. <laughs> I will do. Oh, it's oh, a bit oh, early for that yet. <laughs> unless I can use the Pearl of Power. Oh, it's a new day if you've not used it yet. Sure. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking because I used it yesterday, mm-hmm. but I haven't used it today. So I'll use the Pearl of Power and I'll do it. Okay. Oof, I've got to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you clutch the Pearl of Power in your hand and kind of drain its energy for the day, and you cast Locate Object. You feel your mind kind of ping out across the whole palace and into the courtyard as well, and you don't sense the key. Oh! But remind me, is Locate Object a concentration that you keep going? Because I had in my head that it was. It's concentration, and it lasts 10 minutes. So... You are currently searching for it for the next 10 minutes, so I don't know. Use your 10 minutes uh, wisely, but you know right now it's not in the palace or in the courtyard. Yeah. Um, which to me makes me think that we've got to get... Uh, I need to get back to the pit. Um, but the pit's going to be quite a way off, I'm guessing. Uh, you passed the town centre to get here. It's like... Yeah. Uh, could you get there within 10 minutes? I mean, we maybe probably- if you ran... I'm thinking we could possibly jump on horseback because those carts will still be around. Yeah, if there's any carts left, if you jumped on a horse, you might be able to gallop it to the center of town. I think that's going to be the only option. Mm. Um, But then again, wait, we haven't found Varish yet. As I was uh, about to say, when you uh, Mm. open your eyes and stand up, you hear a crash, like something like a table being knocked over. Uh, I will go over to where I heard that crash. So the group of you leave the the room with the vault and you kind of listen out for a little bit and you walk around and you see a room not too far away and as you just run inside you see Varys trying to pick himself up off the floor and struggling as he's Um, tried to 
perhaps balance on the table, fallen into it and collapsed. I've got to help you up and say, oh, holy shit. Guess it didn't work quite as well as I'd hoped. Uh, why can't I see? I, it's, I can't see. Um, shit, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to pull the eyes out and try and smush them back in. <laughs> just, just hold still a minute. Let's Can see I, if it works. <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine Varys would scream in agonizing pain at this point. And you'd probably pop the eyes. Why? I'm trying to be gentle. Yeah, but you've got like 20-something strength and you just slammed him into his face. <laughs> Rogar, if anything, is not a doctor. Uh, it, uh, is anybody... No, nobody else is going to be better at this than me. Wait, can... Oh, no, Ghost Boy can't pick him up. <laughs> Can you hold them in place? Yeah, but it, the, the point is, me trying to pick them up is going to mush them. <laughs> I feel well, like I you already know. did. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on then. I already tried to mush them into his face. So yeah, uh, Varys, you feel a lot of pain and then your face is quite wet. What's going on? Oh, shit. I can't um, see. Can I lick it off his face? I mean, you can. <laughs> Varys is very helpless at the moment. I am going to lick it off his face. Don't, don't think this is weird. Why can't I see? And I try and bat him away with my arm, which is missing. And he's like, oh, oh, uh. um, My dear boy, um, I don't believe we've met, but um, I'm afraid to say that you've, you've come into a little bit of an accident. Uh, an accident? Well, what's happened to me? I think... Um, would, would you by any chance be Varys? Is that correct? That's me. Um, then I believe you're familiar with an entity we now know was called Dr. Nick. Uh, we were reading through a few of his notes. It seems the pair of you knew each other. Dr. Nick, what's he, do what's he done to me? What's he done to me? Yeah, well, uh, I think you've answered your own question there, mate. Quite. Um, he, he seems to have robbed you of your vision, my boy. And one of your arms. One of my... I tried sort of like reach up with both hands to my face and realise only my right one. Is it my right or my left that's gone? Uh, your left that's gone. Right, so my right hand would touch my face and I'd realise my left one has gone. I was gonna, I'm just going to turn around and say to the guys, like, nobody here happens to be like a secret doctor I don't know about. Um, no, no, not, not me and E-Rock and Meatbone kind of shake their houses. I mean, I think you need some sort of powerful cleric or a druid, maybe. I've heard they can do some really, really snazzy things with regrowing body parts. Oh, uh, well, I was more kind of hoping to stick one of these on. I'm going to pull out one of the Mego arms um, and wave it around a little bit. Um, oh. But, you know, if we, if, we, if we can't just, like, you know, mush it in there, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure myself. Is that a Mego arm? Oh, not seen one of those in a long time. Strange creatures. Um... Well, no, I, I don't think you can quite mush it on. Um, I think you might cause more damage. In fact, looking at the lad, I don't think he's feeling very well at the moment. Uh, the pain. <laughs> yes, probably would just kill him if you tried to shove it in. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. I might just... Uh, it's great. Um, what has he done to my eyes? Oh, it, it, just, oh, it just hurts. I, I, I'm going to dap him up with some cure wounds. I'll get bro your uh, cure wounds. Booyah. Nine. Nine. Hey, that's a crit. 
<laughs> that's, your, that's your max for Keanu yeah. nine. <laughs> uh, well, he might feel a bit better. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you feel nine points better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, 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 what was left of my eye socket still hurt. <laughs> yeah, you're still in a lot of agonizing pain, but uh, a few cuts and bruises got to shored up. Yeah. And my well, world is still darkness. Well, well, Varys, Varys, just, 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 just hold that for. Just calm down uh, a little bit, um, because though obviously we're in a bit of a bad sit, you know, and you kind of, you kind of, you know, well, you know, you, got, you, you, you know, you're ginger as well, so you've got that, you know, going for you. Um, but I promise, if we could get you out of here. And we can get back to the material plane where we've come from. I will sort this. Well, I've no reason not to distrust you. I mean, you did come back after me, after all. Would Varys have been aware of? Well, actually, he was told, wasn't he, that Rogar came back for him and had attempted to save him by Doctor Nick, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of taunted you and sort of told you that your friends had failed and you kind of fell out of consciousness. Yeah, yeah it's like you didn't give up on me. And in the end, we didn't fail. No, no, it's true. We, uh, we, we gave him a right good seeing to, on your behalf, I think. You, you, you defeated Doctor Nick. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could see it, I've got what's left of his skull attached to my belt. Can you, can you hold it up to my face, please? I am gonna like, I'm gonna hold it up to his face, but like so that it's side by side. You know, like when like. I don't know, when you've got twins or something and you kind of mush the faces <laughs> together. Obviously, Varys won't be able to feel that, will he? Well, you'll feel it on one side of your face. <laughs> oh. Well, I turn to face it and sort of like lean back slightly and just spit on it. Just like, oh, dude, this is attached to me. <laughs> I wish I could do a lot more than that. Um, E-Rock will, uh, he rips a bit of cloth off his shirt and kind of goes up to you, Varys goes, Hold still a moment, and he ties a like a almost like a bandana style of cloth around your eyes, so that they're covered. He goes, "You don't want them getting infected. You could end up dying of the wounds." Thank you, Erock. Ah, oh, probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't have tried to smush his eyes back in then. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was the best idea, but thought maybe you knew what you were doing. Well, you know, what do you mean, smush my eyes? Uh, it's all right. I'll get you new ones. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I know. I know some really powerful people. You might have to, you know, take an oath, sit around in a temple for a little bit, maybe. But you know, you'll you'll be fine. You'll enjoy it. Um, Ferris was always the religious sort, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, did 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 Doctor Nick get rid of my equipment? Did he did, did he destroy it? No, I've got it here. Oh, yeah, best, best put some clothes on. Yeah, and uh, Rogar, you see on the floor in the room um, uh, Varys' sword, because he was in, it was in his hand when you uh, ported him over here. <laughs> um, I was going to say to, to Rogar, is my sword here? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think Rogar hasn't seen his little trick, as he so I just say the words Varadin and it teleports to my hand. Oh, that's pretty so, so you can defend yourself at least? Well, if it's in front of me. Uh, well, I can point you in the right direction. Hmm. <laughs> and also, I say to I say to Erock, says, Erock, give him the um, 
shield that we found. Aerok will pull the uh, the shield out of the bag and kind of hand it to you, uh, Rogar. Yeah, it says, oh, yeah. I, you let me borrow it, and it's no use to me now. I can't wield it. Did I write down with it? Ah, yes, I've got it in that. It's the uh, Spellguard shield. Spellguard yep. shield, yes. Oh, yeah, you're more than welcome, bud. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame you can't use it. You know, maybe I can strap it to your back for a little bit, and it'll help you there. I, that, I don't know if that, it will. As I say, with that class as wielding it? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. No, so yeah, give it your back. This is a word's a word. Well, like I say, I mean, I don't know. Would he get any kind of armor bonus if he wore the shield? No, not really. He can't use it effectively. Yeah, I because yeah, you have to think it's not just having the shield; it's actually like using it to defend yourself. And like, if you, you can't, can't see that. what's coming anyway, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I was thinking that if I strapped it to his back, you know, um... well, I'll just pick up a turtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essen- <laughs> essentially. <laughs> nah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna say no. No, because I like yeah. saying no, and I like denying you things. Yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to see to use it anyway. It's like if someone fires an hour at me, it's like, oh, I can magically now. <laughs> it's not gonna work, is it? So, well, yeah. let's. Okay, so anyway, Varys is putting his clothes back on. Um, with some help. <laughs> with, with yeah, Iroc will help you into his into your armor. He's a. He is a seasoned military veteran. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, probably, probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but, see, I, I, after all this, how long do I have left on my locate object? Well, that is a good question, because putting on armor actually does take a while. So, um, yeah. I don't know, Rogar, do you want to run off by yourself? Well, I'm thinking I might leave, I might leave them. I just might just say to Iraq, you know, and Corin, you know, I, I'll leave you guys to help Varys, you know, and... Mm. Then meet us at the pit or something. Well, I don't know. Corrin can't leave. Yeah, Corrin's uh, stuck here. Ah. I might I might say to him, just, you know, just take a look around and see if there is anything, you know, anything worth, you know, worth keeping in any of the other rooms um, or w- of note. Matter of interest, uh, what armor are you wearing, uh, Barris? Chainmail. Chainmail. Is that medium? I think it is. Uh, no, it's heavy. It's heavy armor. Heavy, yeah. Yeah, so it takes ten minutes to put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if he's, you know, if he rocks doing that, I might grab meat and head down to the pit. Okay. Uh, jump on a horse if there are any left. It depends if there are any horses left, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to start heading that way, as you're kind of trying to focus on your spell, kind of a very quick goodbye. Look, oh, guys, I've got to do something. Bye. And yeah, pretty the, much. Uh, run out the room. We'll say, all right. We'll catch you later. Catch up with you later. Well, if I can. If you can. So you run out, and um, the first thing you notice as you start running towards the uh, direction where the carts were being dropped off is you see lots of the reanimated laborers, the ones who are dragging the bodies, are similar to the uh, the ghouls. They they just don't know what they're doing anymore. Some of them are like walking around in circles. Some of them are trying to almost going through their actions, but they're not holding anything anymore, and yeah, it's, they're all just a mess. So you kind of duck and dodge your way through that. And you get to um, get to the uh, outside in the courtyard, and you see the wagons. Some of them had started to come back because it's actually been quite a while since they originally brought bodies in. They'd already gone back out and come back in again. So you see some wagons are full of bodies again. Some of them are were midway towards coming to the palace, and they've just stopped. So the gates are currently open, and no one's like tending to anything anymore. Oh, okay, That's nice. So. 
you quickly grab the horses, kind of unbuckle them, and you feel your spell is kind of ticking down. So you and Meatbone jump on a horse each and start riding quickly as you can towards the center of town. Okay, I'm I'm hoping that the, uh, the ghosts of Ib aren't here at the minute. Mm, you do know that will be coming up eventually. Like, yeah. normally it starts early morning, and you are now, because you, you long rested for four hours, you're kind of yeah. like 4 a.m.-ish at this point. So it's coming, like dawn is on its way. Okay. Um, but you, Meatbone, try to make your way as quickly as you can towards the center of town. And just as you feel your spell fade, you feel a ping of the key. It's in the pit, isn't it? It definitely seems to be in that direction. It's in the pit, isn't it? Pit. So as the spell fades, you keep going in that direction, I assume. I felt the ping in the pit, or towards the pit. As far as you know, because I'm just reading the, uh, the spell here, so uh, spell can locate a specific object known to you, which I would say you know enough about the object for this to have worked and everything. Um, okay. You sense the direction of the object's location, as long as that object is within a thousand feet of you. Okay. Um, you also know if it's in motion, and it was not in motion. You know it is in the direction of which you were traveling, because you were traveling towards the pit. So that's the best you know. So it's either in the pit or in the, in the uh, temple. Um, my only worry is I don't, have another, I don't have another locate object, so know whether it's in the pit or in the temple. So I'm a little bit worried. Hmm. Go on. I think I I feel as though we can keep we can keep going, but I'm keeping an eye on the on the whether I can see the sun or not. Because as soon as that sun starts to come up, I want to be out of there. Yeah, I mean, you remember that um, everything kicked off when you heard the war horns go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't I don't I don't want to be hanging around when that's that when that's happening. Mm. So by the time you reach the pit and you're in the center of the city again, you're once again, just being watched by all these ghostly shadows. They're all just sort of keeping that silent vigil around the pit, all staring at you. You see all the bones piled up around the edge of the, of the hole, and they're all, all just watching, all just watching and waiting. Hmm, interesting. So we've been in the temple, so I don't really want to try the temple again, but I'm thinking I want to try in the hole, but is, can I see any way down? Uh, if you get off the horse and kind of pick your way closer to the uh, the pit, you can't see. There's no like ladder or stairs or anything. It's just a, a direct drop. Shit. Um. It's gonna. You got any rope or anything? Uh, I have an explorer's pack, but I can't remember what's in it. Um, because it's been that long since I've looked at. Oh, I do have. I do have the wonder featherfall, but it's getting back out. It's going to be the problem. So I don't want to be in there when the. Uh, I don't really want to be stuck in there when the ghosts of Ibs show up, because I don't know if they go in there or not. You don't know. Um, I will say this though. Remember, it is a new day, so eclipse is recharged. Could you back dimension door out of it? I can dimension door out of it, and I do happen to have some rope. You knew when you looked in the pit before that it looked about three hundred feet down. So yes, dimension door could get you out of there. Yeah, yeah. So that so what I'm gonna do is um I'll use I use what rope I've got and obviously I'm probably not gonna have three hundred feet of rope. And I'll use you know, and I'll tie that to something that looks sturdy. Um and then I'll use I'll use that and the wand of featherfall to get me and meat down there. Oh, you want to bring meat too? 
Uh, well, I'll ask me if he wants to come. If he wants to go back, he's more than welcome to go back. Um, Meatbone will not decide if you ask him. She'll, we have come this far. Let's see, two people searching would probably be better than one. Okay, thank you. Uh, you know, my friend. Um, let's let's see what we can find. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna head down there. You think? Okay. So you uh, jump and tag both yourself and Meatbone with the Wonder Featherfall. Yep. And you slowly begin to uh, float down to the bottom of the pit. As you do so, you see the first rays of light start to break through the clouds. Oh, shit. You don't hear the horns or anything yet, but you know morning has finally come, and you slowly float to the bottom. And as you're getting down there, you can see what just looks like a sea of bones. Mm. These people for years and years through prisoners, captured slaves, enemy combatants, through anyone they found distasteful down into this pit. And as you finally land and you feel the soft crunch of ancient decayed bone underneath your feet, you realize that perhaps this was a fitting end for many of them who were driven to throw themselves in here on that day. Hmm. But looking around the surface, you don't see a key. And he's probably going to be one of the earlier people to throw themselves in there, and there's going to be a lot of them. So um, I'm guessing we'll get to looking. Yeah, so uh, both you and Meatbone need to make me an investigation roll. And um, also, both of you make me a stealth check. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. And uh, disadvantage, Mr. Clanky. Thanks. <laughs> I rolled a massive six. That's good. So. Uh Meatbone got an 18. Oh, look at him. Yeah. So now both you and him roll some investigations. Let's see how this begins. I rolled 14. 14. Uh, Meatbone also got a 14, actually. So that's good. So the two of you begin digging around. And this is a massive pit, as I've said before. There's like 200 feet foot in radius. So you have a lot of area to search. But you have at least some rough guesses of maybe where the king jumped in. Because you know he was to give a speech and you saw where his uh, platform was in front of the palace. Maybe he just ran straight from there and leaped. So at least you can kind of narrow it down to a quadrant and you start yeah. digging there. As you're digging, Rogan, you're throwing bones out the way. So far you've not found anything, but you feel some of the bones begin to shift around your feet. Initially, you sort of pull back, worried that maybe uh, something got displaced and you're just going to start sinking, when hundreds of tiny bones start to shoot up around you, swirling and encasing you as you are attacked by a swarm of bones. A, a what? Yeah. A swarm of bones? Oh, yeah. Is a large swarm of tiny undead bones. You watch as fingers start to grip at you, Thigh bones try to start encasing you and locking you into place. You are just covered in almost like a cyclone of bones. And you are presently grappled. Oh, so I'd have to use my action to break out of the grapple. Yeah, so I want you to roll me initiative. Uh, okay. I'm going to roll one for Meatbone. Meatbone's on at 12. And I have a total of 8. No, oh, sorry, 7. Uh, the creature is on at 13. Right. Okay. So, surprised by this creature as it suddenly engulfs you 
and you begin to even sink a little bit into the bone swarm as it all starts to cyclone around you and is tearing at your arms, tearing at your face. Anywhere that you've got any bit of exposed flesh, you feel these little sharp bits of bone start to cut into you. It's up first. So it is going to hit you with its swirling bones attack. Let's see if it hits. Uh, That is a 23 to hit. (laughs) Yeah. You going to take that? Uh, um, no, fuck it. I'll cast shield. Cast shield. So what's your uh, new AC? Uh, oh, wait, actually. No, there's no point because it meets it, beats it. Oh. So it would be 23. 23. So, uh, oh, how healthy are you feeling, Rogar? Not very. Yeah. So, Rogar, the moment you take nine points of damage as these bones start to encircle you and start to uh, cut away at you. Not good. You feel these little bits of teeth start to dig into you as well. It's all, all very nasty. Uh, Meatbone, on his turn. Question is, does he try to help you to get out of there or does he start digging for the key? Um, that's entirely up to him. Um, yeah, I'll say that's entirely up to him. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, he is going to, well, say he's going to investigate and he rolled a natural 19. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's not bad. Meatbone starts to dig deep into the uh, into the uh, bone-laden uh, floor here and looks up at you with a grin and goes, I think I found something. Oh, and yes. that's his turn. Shit. <laughs> Rogar, it is your turn. You are grappled. Um, I need to get out of the grapple. Uh, I can only assume... Well, do you need a refresher on what Grapple actually does to you? Yeah, yeah, go on, give us a refresher. Yeah, so uh, Grapple isn't as bad as, say, Restrain. So Grapple, a creature's speed becomes zero. It can't benefit from a bonus to speed. Condition ends if the Grappler is incapacitated. Condition also ends if an effect removes the grappled creature from the reach or of the grapple... Uh, sorry, the reach of the Grappler or the grappling effect, or if the creature is, like, hurled away by a spell. So if I was to cast Dimension Door and jump through the Dimension Door, then I wouldn't be grappled. Correct. But you'd be leaving Meatbone down there. Yes, which is why I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's not going to... It might. It doesn't affect its attacks on me, though, does it? But then again, maybe it can only do certain attacks on grapple. Oh, shit. Um, and I'm not exactly healthy. Um, so um, just so you know, to escape a grapple... You yeah. can use your athletics or your acrobatics. Yes, yes. Right, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to break out the grapple. That's what I'm going to try and do. I'll, I'll use some uh, some athletics to try and break out. Okay. That's a 22. 22. You start tearing at all these bones, throwing all the little grasping fingers off you, pulling out some of the teeth, ripping off a jawbone. You just kind of go into a flurry of action and manage to pull yourself out of the grapple. You are free. For right now. Yeah, and I can't do anything else, so... (laughs) Well, you can move. Uh, I want to move to where Meatbone is. Okay, so you start running over to Meatbone. Um, It can't take an attack of opportunity on you, sadly, because of what it is, but... Okay, so you run over to Meatbone, who currently has, like, two hands buried underneath the, uh, underneath the floor and is holding on to something. Yeah. I want to, I want to try and help him, but I, 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 I can't because it's not my turn. <laughs> okay. The creature is going to move over to you and attempt to 
re-embrace you. But first, you need to see if it recharges. It doesn't embrace you. Oh, nice. Which means it's just going to move into your square. Okay. So both you and Meatbone are now getting hit by all of these uh, swarming bones. So he's going to hit both of you. Okay. Uh, let's do Meatbone first. 25, that hits Meatbone. Yeah. He takes 12 points of, I'm going to say, bludgeoning damage because I get to pick. Jesus. And you, Rogar, see if I hit you. 14. Miss. Yeah, you kind of hunker down in your armor and bat it away and it misses, but you are not grappled this time. Um, it is Meatbone's turn. You watch as, though he's getting attacked from all angles, he just rips his hands out of the ground and you see a large golden key, the same one that you remember from your vision. I'm going to grab hold of Meatbone and Dimension Door out of there. <laughs> so you just slap a hand onto Meat's shoulder, pull a clips round, cut through the air as you normally do, and both of you step through the rift and appear, I assume, back at the top of the pit. Yeah, yeah, back at the top of the pit, next to the horses. Let's uh, let's uh, make haste and uh, ride on back. Even just looks in, sort of uh, gives a thumbs up. Oh, that was uh, that was a close one. Let us get very far from here. Yeah, definitely, mate. Right like the wind, bullseye. <laughs> so the pair of you start galloping back towards the palace. Yes. Um, Varys, at this point, are you like taking a short rest? Are you or are you going straight after Rogar? Were you kind of getting ready to head out? That Varys would be taking a short rest. So that'd be an hour. So you guys are sort of hunkering down for a bit. Rogar will take. It took him a while to kind of. Well, it took him like five minutes to gallop down there. So it'll take him about uh, five minutes to gallop all the way back as well. So you'll still be resting when he arrives, if mm. that's the case. Yeah. Okay. If you're taking a short rest, that's fine. Iraq will uh, keep watch as will Corin. How many hit points back would that be? Uh, roll your hit dice. That's how many you've got left. All right. So. Uh, which. Erock is also going to do because he is quite low on health. Five, seven, seven. I'm going to use four of them. So that's seven, 14, 21, 26 hit points. Cool. It's not too bad. Mm, fuck it. I'm going to use one more. Oh, there's only three more. But oh well. I'm down to two left. You know what? Fuck it. I'll use both. The other two as well. So you're just using every hit dice you've got. <laughs> yeah, might as well because it only takes me back up to 49 anyway. So, fair enough. So you uh, spend a bit of time trying to clean your wounds as best you can, uh, hmm. stealing yourself, deep breathing, all those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, get used to the idea of being blind and one-armed. Yes, it is very difficult. You're sort of trying to feel your way around, and it's just—it's such a disorienting experience. Sort of practicing swinging my sword. Mm. So Rogar and Meatbone are galloping back to the palace. Yeah. As you make your way through the gate. You hear the horns go off behind you. Oof. And the day is starting anew. Tell you what. Yeah, thank God for Meatbone. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. He rolled a natural 19 on that one. That's damn. Yeah. yeah. Saved your ass. Else you were going to be stuck down there a while longer with that creature. Yes. Yeah. Meatbone definitely saved my ass. And all 16 health points there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, are you making a beeline straight to the vault? Is the question. Uh, I'll co I'll collect the uh, the guys on the way. Um, well, whichever ones fancy coming with, 
Well, Varys needs to wait an hour yet, so it's up to you guys. Are you going to hunker down to the palace for a little bit? In fact, Rogar, if you want a short rest as well, you can start to hit dicing back, however many you've got left at this point. Yeah, I've still got four, so I might as well use them. Mm -hmm. um, so. Do you remember you only get half back on a long rest, so... Yeah, yeah, that, well, that, yeah that's what I... That's why I've only got four, because I've done a long rest. And... Okay. Oh, God. Only I would roll a freaking natural one. <laughs> Should have taken that potion of vitality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, okay. Nothing nothing great shakes then, but it it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. Is indeed. So, you uh, bandage up a bit. You restore a little bit of health, and uh, you start to hear just faintly in the distance the sounds of battle. But it is time to go to the vault. It is. Thank God. So the group of you make your way back to that large sealed door. One that's just covered in the most intricate arcane defenses that you have ever seen in your life, Rogar. And you take the key from Meatbone and yep. walk towards it, I presume. Uh, that I will. You walk up to the center that seems stylized just to fit this one key. And you put it inside and turn the lock. You hear a sudden, almost what I'd probably describe as almost like an electrical discharge, but you feel the magic kind of disappear as the vault unlocks and begins to swing open. Yes. As Crap you, what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> as you start to pull the massive vault door open, you finally get a look at what's inside. You see a reasonably large chamber that must have served as the treasure room for the palace sealed away for all these years. You see piles of gold. You see items, pieces of armor, various bits of artistry, statues, lots of little things and trinkets that the royals had gathered over the years. And right in the center, on a perfectly carved little plinth, you see a two-foot-tall stone idol of Bokrug, the water lizard. Yes! Yes! Oh! Um, I, I asked Rogar if we, what's inside, because obviously he can't see. Yeah. I, I found just, what we're looking for. I'm just going to turn to where uh, to Varys, pat him on what's left of his shoulder. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, my friend, it's here. It's here. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pick it up first because I have a bad feeling that it's booby trap. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to check out what else is in the room that might be extremely valuable. Okay. Or better than what I already have. Yeah. So the group of you kind of go in then and start feeling around and seeing what Which you can is, find. Paris literally does. It, is, <laughs> is there actually any lights on in here? Um, it seems to be magically lit, yes. Okay, okay. You see a few of those um, like ever-burning torches hanging on the wall. Right. Gives kind of a, a nice little radiance in here. A bit of soft lighting. Okay. So you start picking around, and you find a host of things. And I'll say that you take the time to go through this stuff, and most of it would be things that you know, but um, both you and Corin can do me an um, arcana check, see if you recognize some of this stuff. Okay. Corin rolled pretty well, so you're kind of covered, but see what you get. 23. 23. Okay, so the pair of you pretty much identify everything you find. Um, 
first off, let's do the money. Okay. So you find an iron brooch worth 25 gold pieces, which has a little symbol of Sarnath on it. Okay. You find an iron hairpin, also worth 25 gold pieces, which has a similar sort of stylized S at the tip. Okay. You find a carved wooden idol of the god of wealth that you saw in the temple. Okay. That's worth 25 as well. You find a similar painted glass idol of the god of war, who was the other one that you saw in the uh, temple, also 25 gold. Yeah. You find a leather belt that has a brass buckle with a very um, overly stylized crest of the city as the buckle. Okay. That's worth 15 gold. Okay. You find a large leather-bound book that's blank that is worth 35 gold, because as you look inside, like bits of it have like sort of pages are lined with bits of gold and stuff. It's very fancy. And you find a very nice-looking iron decanter that's worth 10 gold. Oh, wow. Um, on top of that, with your identifications... Actually, you know what? We'll do the total gold sum that you find it here that you can pick up and put in your pockets. Okay. You find... Um, I'll, say, I'll give you total gold, because that's uh, easier to do. You find 3,200 gold pieces. Wow. And you find... 10 pieces of platinum. Wow. Which in our world, just so uh, our listeners know, one piece of platinum is worth 100 gold. Wow, okay. On top of that, in terms of items you find, <laughs> you find two quivers, one that's holding bolts for a crossbow and one that's holding arrows. Both of these, you realize, are uh, very finely made. They are, in fact, magical plus one ammunition, 10 crossbow bolts and 10 arrows. Okay. You find a masterfully made chain shirt that is a plus one chain shirt. Yep. You find a silver ring that on the top of it has two ram's heads pointing in different directions and it is known as the ring of the ram. You find a bag, a little pouch that's First, you wonder what it is, because it's just a pouch filled with dust, and then you, Corin points out to you that it is called the Dust of Disappearance. You find two potions that you recognize, Rogar, as two potions of superior healing. Okay. And you find one potion of invulnerability. Ooh. Ooh. And lastly, you find one potion that takes you a little uh, review to see what it is, because you're like, what? what the fuck is this thing? It's It comes in a little vial and you've never seen it before and then Corrin looks at it and goes, oh, well then, well then, that, that's that's quite rare, that one. It's one of those, um, it's one of those drugs that some of those uh, Migo creatures bring with them at times. Oh, really? Yes, it's called a Plutonian drug. Okay. Um, so... Which one do you want me to tell you about first of the things I just mentioned that you have no clue about? Uh, wow. Um, okay, so first things first. Um, I want to know about the drug. Plutonian drug? Yes. Okay. When you take this drug, you gain a vision of another time. This works like the spell divination, except that you can ask a question about any point in the past or future. Okay. Right. What do you want to know about yeah. next? Uh, the ram's head. The ram's head ring. Yep. This is a fun one. If I can 
find it in my list. So, Ring of the Ram. It does require two attunement, but this ring has three charges, and it gains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. While wearing the ring, you can use an action to expend one to three of its charges to attack one creature you can see within 60 feet of you. The ring produces a spectral ram's head and makes its attack roll with a plus seven bonus. On a hit, for each charge you spend, the target takes 2d10 force damage and is pushed five feet away from you. Wow. Alternatively, you can spend one to three of the ring's charges as an action to try break an object you can see within 60 feet of you that isn't being worn or carried. The ring makes a strength check with a plus five bonus for each charge you spend. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, cool. That's pretty useful. So you could break down a door with it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it require achievement, though? Yes. Okay. Um, so then, other things I don't know about. I think the Dust of Disappearance was the other one? Yes, it was, yes. The Dust. Okay. Dust of Disappearance. Um, found in a small packet, this powder resembles very fine sand. There is enough of it for one use. When you use an action to throw the dust in the air, you and each creature and object within 10 feet of you become invisible for 2d4 minutes. The duration is the same for all subjects, and the dust is consumed when its magic takes effect. If a creature affected by the dust attacks or casts a spell, invisibility ends for the creature. So it's like a one-off uh, temporary invisibility. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. So that's everything that's like of value, because I, I can carry quite a lot because I have the bag of holding. Yeah, this is me basically saying this is the amount that you can carry out of here. Right. Okay. These are the these are the magical items that you find in here, plus the gold that you could fit into the bag. Okay. Oh, what? There's um, even more gold than that. <laughs> um, the last thing you don't know about is the potion of invulnerability. Actually. Yes. Oh right. Okay. Uh, so for one minute after you drink this potion, you have resistance to all damage. Oh. Okay. It's a syrupy liquid that looks like liquefied iron. That's quite cool. I'll keep hold of that one. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not really I'm not really like unless somebody really wants something. I'm not really up for sharing, and I'm pretty sure everybody else can get like their own stash of gold and stuff. You know, I'm assuming there's loads of stuff in this place. Varys can't see shit to grab anything. So <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, really. But then again, I mean. Unfortunately, there's nothing here that will like, restore your eyes or anything. Mm. Unfortunate. I know. I give you so much and you fuckers ask for the world. I'm not asking <laughs> for the world. I'm, I'm very... Oh, blah, I'm blah, very blah. Why can't you give me something that grows my eyes back? <laughs> I'm very appreciative. It's just I don't want to share. Okay? So I'm being a dick. <laughs> I don't want to share any of this stuff with anybody. It's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> So while Rogar's pocketing loot, Varys is too blind to notice, and Erok is eyeing up that chain shirt going, hmm, I wonder if that'd be useful. Um, actually, it might not be, because he's already wearing a breastplate, and it's only plus one. Hmm. Yeah, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was like, can you wear it under a breastplate? But that's probably, no. that's probably like, totally not allowed. <laughs> no, it's uh, particularly just what tier of armor he's wearing. I don't know. He's got a plus three dex bonus. Maybe. I'd have to look at it afterwards to see if he actually gained anything. But mm. we can decide that another time, because yes. now you're all stood around a very large stone idol. That I'm going to do an investigation check on the plinth to see that it won't explode in my face. Go for it. Please roll well. An 18. 
18. You give the, the plinth a solid look over and you discover that, the, one, this is definitely the idol of Bookrug, and two, as far as you can tell, there are no traps. They seemed pretty certain that no one was going to get in the vault except someone who had the key. Uh, and therefore I am picking up the idol of Bookrug. So you're going to try and lift it up? You try. It's not that big, is it? It's two foot tall and made of stone, but you are very strong. Yeah. You are essentially like hoisting it up. I mean, Erock can come over and kind of help you stabilize it so that you're not taking too much of a speed penalty. Okay. Otherwise, you'd be kind of treated as difficult terrain. But if two of you do it... Yeah, yeah. If two of us need to do it, two of us can do it. Yeah. So the two of you hoist it up. As you do so, Rogar and everyone stood near him kind of feel this odd sensation sort of wash over you all. Hmm. feel a bit tingly. Oh, okay. Okay. But as you all stood there holding the idol up, you start hearing crashing of lightning, the howling of wind, the smashing of windows with hailstones. Ooh. The storm is growing nearer. Oh, shit. Barry says, we need to take this outside. We need to return it. Okay. I will volunteer if need be. Um... Hmm. I'm the most. I'm pretty much broken. I have the least to lose. Uh, Though, though, well, though, I kind of agree. IDM wants to say say something. (laughs) Um. I mean, Corin kind of looks. Um. Well, I. You could try, my good man, but I think you might struggle to um navigate. Well, I'll I'll need a volunteer then to guide me. I mean, I'm more than happy to try and help guide you, my friend. I mean. All I need is someone to point me in the right direction. The question is, is whether any of this place was built on top of what used to be the temple to Book, or whether there is a temple to him round here. You know, where this needs to go back, we, we haven't managed to leave the city to find anything. What about the lake? You want to throw it in the lake? I was going to say, Varys is like thinking, you know, he's I not think- got much use at the minute, so he's also got the least to lose, so... I'm wondering, see, bro, what the only thing Rogar's thinking is because he know he is he knows Bokrog is one of the great old ones. That if it's in a temple, it in theory can't kill him. Mm. Are you letting Rogar? Are you letting Varys know this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but he's not too sure if maybe if Varys was willing to offer himself up to the Whispering Man, maybe he'd have the same, or maybe he'd be treated. Similarly, similarly. Now, would Varys know about the Whispering Man living in in uh, Varadin? No, you wouldn't know anything about him. No, you'd be relying on what I'm telling. And Var- to what to what to, to Varys, Rogar's been nothing but a man of his word. As you guys are kind of discussing this, you hear more bolts of lightning start to crash into the front of the palace, and you realize that with the vault open, the idol is no longer hidden. Oh, fuck. We need to take this outside and offer it up. Yeah, I'm thinking, fuck it. Let's do whatever we can to strap it to Varys. If you want to walk out there, bro, you walk out there. So what, what's the plan here? Is Varys going outside holding the idol by himself and you guys are just looking from the door? or? Yes. And Varys, <laughs> is, go- and Va- and Varys is going to offer it to... Yeah, that's them. my plan. I'm going to offer yeah. it to Bokrog. Yeah. Because it's looking like it's coming here. We don't have to go to it, so... So, you guys run to the front of the palace and you kind of orient Varys and push him through the door. 
and he mm-hmm. struggles because he's blind to you know what fuck it i'll help him i'll help all him. right okay so the pair of you walk out carrying the idol yeah yeah as you go through the front doors you are just greeted with hundreds of ghosts from ib all floating around the palace you see them already like calling lightning down but as they see the idol in unison they stop and they all just sort of stand there waiting looking at you hmm. I, I, I varis goes but i am varis greenwood former leader of sword of varadin and i and bokrog hear me i am offering you this back do you say and anything as well right I, now? I, I hold it up uh no to be honest uh, you know what screw it i'll introduce who i am as well um just mm. because it, it kind of makes more sense and be like you know uh, and i'll say and i am clanless rogar the emissary of the crawling chaos here with my friend offering this to you as the pair of you lift the idol up you watch as all the ghosts of ib begin to raise their arms and you hear this chanting this noise that just reverberates all around the palace echoes all through the city of sarnath and even here even so far away you can hear the waters of the lake slamming against the seawall of sarnath you feel the air grows damp and in the distance from the palace courtyard you look out and you can just see just a little bit of the lake outside the city you see the waves being caused from something moving inside of it. And you watch <laughs> as a massive lizard-like entity starts to emerge from the waters. Its mouth opens and you see even from here just this maw filled with almost shark-like teeth. This thing is gargantuan in size. It is towering above the city as it rises higher and higher, pulling itself out of the water. It stretches out this clawed, webbed amphibian hand and reaches out towards the city. And the pair of you feel the idol lift out of your hands. You watch as Bits of the city start to decay and disappear around you. You see parts of the walls just completely disappear. Okrook's influence is washing over this entire area. And the idol raises up. The ghosts of Ib start to surround it. And they float back towards the lake. As a just flash of energy washes over the entire city. Varus, you just feel this tingling heat on your body. Mm. Rogar, you go completely blind. Erock, Meatbone, and Corin feel it as well, and everything is just still for a few moments. You feel that sensation that the idol had on you when you held it begins to fade, and Rogar, after what feels like just an eternity of silence, you open your eyes, and you're staring up at the twin sons of the Dreamlands. You're lying on grass. You push yourself up and start to look around, and you see Erock and Meatbone are pushing themselves up from the ground as well. They look equally confused. Varus is lying next to you, blind, but Varus, you can feel the earth beneath your hand. So it would have been stone before, wouldn't it? It would have. Mm. You're no longer in a city. And uh, Rogar, as you look around, Sarnath is gone. You just see an open plain 
of grassland and bits of trees and wood and marsh leading up to a large lake in the distance. You no longer see the ghostly lights of Ib on the other side. All is clear, serene, and peaceful. The idol has been returned. Rogar, you look down, and in your hand, there's a small stone idol of Bokrug. Ooh! It's about the size of your fist. Cool. Arcana yeah. check. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, can I do a Arcana check on that? You can indeed. Have a bit of a gander. 22. 22? You're rolling well in these Arcana checks, don't it? I am rolling really mm. well. Surprising. So, the idol of Bokrug, small version anyway, has three charges, and it will regenerate one per day. Expend one charge to cast Bestow Curse. Expend two charges to cast Bestow Curse at a fourth level. And expend three charges to cast it at a fifth level. Ooh. I don't know if you're uh, overly familiar with the spell. I am not. Nope. But uh, it's a fun one. Yeah, well, that uh, sounds it. Yeah. Fun and very fitting. <laughs> now I'll, uh, I'll read it out to you. So Bestow Curse. Uh, it takes an action, it's a touch spell, and it's concentration up to a minute. You touch a creature, and that creature must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become cursed for the duration of the spell. When you cast this spell, choose the nature of the curse from the following options. Uh, give it disadvantage on a single ability score, with for like saves and checks. Or, while cursed, the target has disadvantage on attack rolls against you. Or... While cursed, the target must make a wisdom saving throw at the start of each of its turns. If it fails, it wastes that action doing nothing. Or, while the target is cursed, your attacks and spells deal an extra 1d8 necrotic damage to it. A remove curse spell ends this effect. Um, At the DM's option, you may choose an alternative curse effect, but it should be in line with those that I've just described. DM has final say on the curse effect. At higher levels, if you cast a spell using a fourth level or higher, the duration... Um, is concentration up to 10 minutes. If you cast it at 5th level or higher, the duration is 8 hours. Using the spell slot of 5th level or higher grants a duration that doesn't require concentration. So if you use all 3 charges, you can cast Bestow Curse on someone for 8 hours and you don't need to think about it. Oh, that's so cool. And it recharges every day as well. Gets one charge back every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you could use it once every every 3 days. Yeah. At that power, yeah. Wow. That is Bokrog's parting gift to you for returning his idol. That that's pretty that's that's pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. That it is. You know. Uh considering I was uh thinking that we might have to fight the fight him. Um I, I'm I'm quite pleased with that. <laughs> <laughs> um as you're looking around after inspecting the idol, you see Corin is floating there and he's starting to fade away. Oh shit. Oh, oh I I feel quite odd. Um, I feel oh, it's like whatever was anchoring me to the city is, is gone. Oh, I feel quite relieved. I told you I'd free you, my friend. That you did. Uh, thank you, all of you. You've, you've helped me, truly. I am glad that I met all of you. I'm glad I met you too, my friend. Uh, we're going to ho- hold out a hand. I don't know if you can shake hands or not, but I'm going to hold one out anyway. Uh, he sort of mimes shaking your hand. He can't actually touch yeah. you. But, uh, yeah, yeah. As he starts to fade, he just goes, Thank you all for your help. I wish you the best on your journeys. Let's hope they are brighter than this one was. And he disappears. Yeah, that's nice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He got. You know. He got. Well. He got. He got some respite in the end. Yeah. 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 I was about to say he got his life back, and I was like, "Oh no, he didn't." No, but he's <laughs> moved on. <laughs> <laughs> And that, my friends, is the end of Sornath. It is. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed. Yeah. So, oh, I guess, what are you doing next? Um, You're now stood in just a kind of pleasant place. What, what, what are you rock and meat bone doing today? If you guys want to have a, a chat about the plans now, you are now free from Sornath and free from the curse, which I will say to both of you, you feel much better, and your constitution has been restored by Bookrook. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. means hit point max hit points go back up as well, don't they? Yep. It does. So it how does. many? How many would that be? Seven per. For con? you, seven for um, Rogar, eight. It's not per con; it's per bonus. With you, all right. <clears throat> so you go back to your original HP. Yeah. Anyway, so you're all sort of sat in this uh, pleasant little wooded glaive, just uh, lakeside, <laughs> almost. What, what is the plan? Um, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to hand... I'm going to go over to Erok and, and Meatbone and hand them one of my vials that I've got. So, okay. Um, I only have two left, so I'll hand them one. Um, because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they may... Stick together throughout this, and you know, uh, well, I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell them, you know, give them a little bit of a heads up about where, where I'm from, really. Um, you know, that you know, I've come here, you know, from Varadin. I'm obviously here trying to, you know, as you know, trying to get followers to come join me in praising the uh, crawling chaos and whatnot, but. Tell them a little bit about Varadin and about how you know it's recently been overthrown, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you know it'll be. Well, I am saying it's right for the taking. If uh, you know, if the Ghoul Kingdom ever decided to want to expand into the Material Plane, you know, there's a it's a big there's a big city there, and you know, it's not it's not exactly as well protected as it should be. Iraq kind of. Um... Narrows his eyes a little bit, goes, As much as the Carrion Empire wants to move to new lands, we'd struggle to send such a force to the material plane. I don't know how familiar you are with the gates, but you can only, only send a few at a time. I'm not sure what the Nick's plan with this rift was, but ours doesn't work quite that way. Well, you know, maybe... You know, may, maybe you can only send a few at a time. I'm saying as if a few at a time wanted to build up and eventually become many. I already have a base set up, unbeknownst to most, under the city. And, uh, you know, there will be ample food and shelter if they require it. All I ask is, you know, you uh, show some respect to the crawling chaos out there. And what does this file do? So the vial that will basically, when you get to the material plane, lead you to me, so that we can, so that we may carry on and uh, a few things like a bit like uh, today. Well, I was considering a new start. I suppose the material plane is as good as any. Uh, do me a persuasion check, though. All right, okay. that's a thirteen. Thirteen. 
he kind of looks at you and looks at the ball and goes, I'll consider what you've said. If I'm going to the material, I'll need to return to the Empire. I don't particularly want to see anyone I know there, or at least no one in command, but I might be able to sneak through the gate. Well, your other option, my friend, is uh, you're more than welcome to borrow that helmet until you come back to the material. I see. You said this thing lets me change what I look like. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, and I'll explain to him that, you know, providing he doesn't, you know, run into anybody that inspects him too thoroughly, nobody will know that he is him. He is whatever he wishes he is. I see. Thank you. That that will come in handy getting through. Um, he sort of nods to you on that and he looks at Meatbone and goes, do you want to return to the Empire as well then? Um, and Meatbone sort of looks at him and then looks at you, Rogar, and goes, well, actually, I thought there's not much for me in the Empire at the moment. Before this, I was exploring, looking for food, having fun, minding my own business. As much as this whole ordeal was not quite what I expected. It was at least exciting. If you would have me, I am happy to come with you. And he looks at you, Rogar, with that. Rogar has a big, cheesy grin. Oh, hell yeah, my friend. You are more than welcome to call me anytime. Plus, I can maybe help guide Varys around a little bit. I think he might struggle. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, Var Varys would take that. <laughs> <laughs> Varys would be much appreciated of that. Okay. So, um, well, with that decided then, I mean, Erok will bid you his farewells and start to make his way back to uh, his home. As he's walking away, I'll just say, make sure you bring it back. Will do. He watches he puts the helmet of disguise on and starts to disappear into the distance. And the three of you, well, what is the plan then, Rogar? Where are you heading next? Or what do you wish to find next in the Dreamlands? So, um, what I've kind of, kind of realised is, um, you know, not metagame at all, but this, 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 uh, this, this cult at the minute—it's a bit of a sausage fest. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> so, I mean, up until this point now, I'd not really thought about it. But what I need now is I need, I need a priest. I need somebody who's committed to this especially to the to the religion itself because at the minute you know the the people that you know have got to join up with me aren't followers of the crawling chaos they aren't mm. followers of the whispering man so you know now if we're out and we're spreading a message it's best to have somebody who is knowledgeable yeah and, you know and i can't do it all on my own mm. So, you want a true believer. That's it. Yeah. Someone who knows the text, knows what they're getting into, and is already very happy with it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And whether they be ghoul, nori, human, whatever it may be, they are more than welcome if they're going to help bring people to the cause. Okay. And, Varys, what are you doing? There's not much really Varys can do. It's not like he can't. I, get, I don't think Varys has got much choice but to tag along because he can't really be left alone. He can't see. He's hmm. missing a limb. If he gets left alone, he may, he's basically, you know, he's going he's, he's gonna to die. So Varys in his head is like, this bloke next to me now has 
come back. You know, he came. He he fought Doctor Nick to try and save me. Failed in doing so, and lesser men in his head would have just gone right. Well, fuck it. It's not worth it. But he came back and defeated Doctor Nick and came back for Varys. So he sees in Rogar someone who's trustworthy and a man of his word. So Varys at this moment in time is like, well, he's, he, the sword of Aradin's behind him now. So the only way forward for him at this moment in time is to stick with Rogar. Okay. So you will follow Rogar on his hunt for a priest, as will Meatbone. Yeah. And the three of you, well, I mean, I'm happy to move time forward a little bit here. I will say in this area, it seems, at least now, the lands of Manar are claimed by Bukrog, and things actually seem quite safe. If you wish to spend the day doing light activities, Varys maybe trying to practice walking around, Meatbone helping him out, yeah. practicing with yeah. your sword a little bit. Rogar, I don't know, spending the day in contemplation and focus and trying to track down mentally where this priest might be. Yeah, yeah. You can sort of long rest and reset if we take the whole day to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. If the place seems, it seems safe. So that's full hit points and yeah. And half hit dice. So with that being the case, you all set out early the next day. I'll say my prayer before we uh, yep. get out of there. You are get all sort of ready to go off. I mean, Meatbone will stick close to uh, Varys to make sure he doesn't trip on something, and uh, Rogar kind of forges ahead a little bit to uh, make sure nothing gets the drop on you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you start heading away from the lake to somewhere new. Rogar, as you're focusing on where this priest might be, as always in the dreamlands, your mind begins to pull you in a direction. And this time it seems much easier to be pulled in this direction than it has previously. And as you're walking through these large open plains of grassland, eventually as you're stepping forward, the dreamland seems to shift completely into a sprawling ashen waste. You see around you jagged rocks of obsidian are protruding from these gray like gray sands like daggers aimed at the heavens above you. In the distance, you can hear shrieking winged beasts soaring high overhead. You can hear the wind howling like a mournful death rattle of the damned as it whips around large skeletal remains of gigantic and monstrous entities that are in some cases piled on top of mountains in the distance, hanging onto cliffs. You see some gargantuan skulls are actually embedded in these mountains of black rock. The plains open before you are covered in the ancient dead, remnants to perhaps wars lost to time, things that you have never seen before this day. And then when you look a little bit closer within those bones, you can actually see movement, sort of writhing, pulsating flesh and twisted tubes of meat wrapped around these bleached remains, some sort of strange perversion of life flourishing amongst the dead. You turn your eyes away, knowing that going that route would be certain death. And as your eyes scan the horizon, you see, far in the distance, a singular beam of bright light. It pierces the heavily clouded black skies above. And the source of that beam seems both miles away, but also merely a few short steps. And you begin to walk towards it. 
knowing that that is where your priest lies. And that's where we're gonna leave you guys. Mm. And we're gonna pick back up with Robert. Oh God. (laughs) Do I need to get my character sheet? (laughs) No, no. Okay. Let's, we're gonna find out just what happened to our poor boy, Robert Mayweather. Oh. So Robert, you've been wandering the dark halls of this pyramid for what feels like months. You don't even remember entering the building. Your last memory was of standing on a small cliff overlooking this colossal black pyramid. Then suddenly it felt like you'd always been walking through these halls, like this is the only place you'd ever been. Stone after stone, room after room, all lightless and lifeless. This place seems never ending. You start to wonder if you'll ever see the sky again, ever feel the earth beneath your feet. And to make matters worse, you can feel parts of your mind just fading away. Your grip on who you are is faltering. Then, as you're walking around, you see a light up ahead. And again, your mind seems to shift and recontextualize, because now you feel like you've always been walking towards this light without ever realizing it before. You've lost all sense of danger or caution. It's long faded now. You are consumed by this desperate need to see something, see someone, just anything but these dark winding halls, and you rush towards that light. As you draw closer, you see the hallway opens up into this softly lit room. In the distance, you see a man sat on this poorly made wooden throne on the far side. He's kind of partially covered in shadow because the only light source in the room is this flame-lit torch that's flickering behind you on this rusty wall sconce. The room itself is quite plain, no real decoration, just these large stone pillars that sort of connect up to the ceiling to keep it it in the air. You start to approach the band and getting a better look, you can see the throne is just of shoddy workmanship. It's badly constructed, and most of it's unpainted. It's almost like it's some sort of mockery. But in the shadows, you can make out the man's head as it lifts at the sounds of your footsteps on the hard stone floor, and he speaks to you. Visitor, something new at last. Perhaps this is what I've been forced to wait here for. I had wondered if this day would ever come. His head turns sharply to one side as if he's listening to some voice you can't hear, and then he looks back towards you. I see. So that's how it's to be then. Ah. I'm sorry, stranger. I truly am. I fear I... I finally understand the hand at play here. I see the pattern in the stars that has led me to this point. I have always been the puppet on the strings of another, always, always a pawn to be discarded at a whim, and this, this is my last chance to be of worth once again, one last act, but for that to come to pass, you must give me the only thing you have left. The shadowed man stands and raises his hand towards you, and you feel gripped by some sort of powerful telekinetic force that starts to drag you forward. 
you kick your legs and try to desperately dig your heels into the ground, but you fail to find any purchase. And the man's hand closes around your throat and you cry out in pain as his fingers dig into that semi-translucent flesh of yours. The last of your strength begins to fade as does your body. But before you disappear entirely, you lock eyes with the creature who has taken what was left of your life. And you expect to see a monster, some horrifying entity, but all you see is a tired man with tears running down his cheeks just in the grips of despair. There's no joy in this act, there's no victorious grin or cruel smile, just the mournful face of a man you recognize. Someone you've seen on every coin you ever hoarded and treasured. Someone whose seal was on every bounty you'd ever claimed. Confusion falls over you, Robert, as darkness claims what's left, all while you stare into the eyes of Samuel Krem. Oh. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Ah. What? Ah. Oh, what? Krem might not be dead. Oh. <laughs> well, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, that was yeah. some revelation. Yeah, definitely. Bye bye, Robert. Uh. Hi. That's the end of Robert. Yeah, no more Robert. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I've got the line, Barris. We're all golden. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, congratulations on beating Sarnath. Hey! (laughs) Put you through the meat grinder there, but uh, hey, you came out with some nice rewards. Definitely. You did, yes. Yeah. See, I strike you down with one hand and I reward you with the other. Just depends what mood I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we went a little bit long to finish this one, but I hope everyone at home enjoyed as well. So... um, Thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. And if you want to get in touch with any of us, I'm at Treason, No on Twitter, and my players are there with their player names and GTMB at the end of it. You can find us on all major podcast providers. And if you want to see any like background lore and pictures and things like that, go to our WordPress website, Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot, or our Facebook group, also Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. And I'll turn you over to my uh, shocked and bewildered co-host, to say their goodbyes. <laughs> as usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice, as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on Last Start Wrestling and the Last Start Pod and the Last Start Podcasting. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Last Start Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day you'll find me in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. That, nowhere else. Earth. <laughs> Formerly Europe. England. England. Uh, solar system. Solar system, yes. Milky Way. <laughs> Milky Way. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, you can also find me on those amazing podcasts, but you can also find me on the UK RAD Live podcast. We're on all the good pod- all on all your favourite podcast catchers out there. We do have a Facebook page, and we are on Twitter, at UKRADLive, or at UKRADPodcast. Get it right, Paul. Um, but I'm also on Twitter with uh, with 
the alter ego Steve at Steve AOT GTMP, where, yeah, Steve doesn't get on with Rogar. <laughs> he doesn't. He does so, not. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. See ya. Theron black box. I thought you might want to take a look at it. She hands over a clear rectangle sheet of uh, black glass with smooth edges. Oh wow, this is really cool. Where did you get that? You shouldn't have that. I found it on a Theron ship that crashed. Maybe you could take it to a friend. I would use the word friend lightly. Misha walks over to a small filing cabinet that's next to his bed and he takes a key from around his neck. He um, unlocks the cabinet and he pulls out two black cases which are both marked with Theron symbols. As you place it down, it instantly lights up. You know what this means, right? This could be the chance we've been looking for. That doesn't sound good. Sons of the Fathers is a sci-fi horror podcast using the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu role-playing system. It is a Necropodicon original, and our first episode premieres on the 1st of March, 2020. We advise that the show isn't for children, but is great for those who revel in hapless protagonists facing ever-increasing bad odds. Sons of the Fathers. Boundless space. Endless horror. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.